This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another edition of Get to Know Your Lower Rangers. My name is Chris, aka Christy Yamaguchi Man, aka Will, aka at Waffle House on Twitter. And this evening, I am thrilled to be joined by the one and only Allie. Allie is, uh, you might know her as Lucy's mom that famously got eating advice from Billy. Um, and that's not all she is, of course, but that's kind of your main connection to the show as of right now. Is that correct? That is right, Crispy. I'm just glad to be here. <laughs> you just just enjoying the the ride, right? The uh, this, oh, exactly. the rocket ship to fame that you're on right now. Uh, oh, yeah, love it. Ship to nowhere. <laughs> I was going to say we're the dinghy behind the pirate ship, but I, that's way too much credit. Um, we're like the uh, like they dropped anchor and then that anchor got hung up on like another like a rusty anchor that was already on the bottom of the ocean and is now dragging us along. So that's that's probably where we're at in the Levitard show, you know, universe ecosystem. I, I think at this point. <laughs> okay, Allie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us where you're located, a little bit about your family. Uh, I know uh, what you, you, you famously joke all the time about how you have no life or whatever. Uh, sorry to throw that out there, but I know you were in the military for a little bit. So well, I think we're, you know, as far as fan casts go, I think we're leading the league in thank you for your service uh, as far as military members go. So where are you located? So right now I'm at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, but I live on the Tennessee side because no state tax trying to save some money there. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. All right. That's a man. That's a no state tax. Aaron and Jeff and Mike Ryan fan account are going to love this type of talk. (laughs) Absolutely love it. But I'm originally from um, Orlando, Florida, East Orlando. My dad worked at Disney world as a monorail driver. What? Yeah. So we grew up dirt poor, clearly, because he was a Disney employee. Sure. So exactly. But we got to go to Disney World every single weekend whenever I was a kid. So it was a pretty baller childhood, um, minus not having any money. But 
whenever I was nine, we moved up to small town, North Carolina, near Hickory, Lenore area. Okay. And I consider Very that more that. of my hometown. Got that Southern draw now and yeah. old Southern living, you know, backyard of NASCAR. Grew up a huge NASCAR fan. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Who's your favorite driver? Right now, I'd have to say Kyle Busch, just because he's such an asshole, and I like that. I I love asshole people, and it's even better when they're in sports and they can just embrace it and just not care what anybody thinks about themselves. I see a lot of me in Kyle Busch. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, no wonder Flem took a liking to you and uh, vice versa. We are very similar. (laughs) Flem is me, and I am Flem. Well, yeah, uh, growing up, so I was a Dale Jarrett fan growing up. My dad did a couple commercials with him, um, and, of course, a Dale Earnhardt fan. But uh, after those fellas uh, weren't around anymore, uh, we started rooting for Tony Stewart <laughs> for the, the whole oh, asshole oh, vibe. No. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that, hard to find somebody more of an asshole in NASCAR than Tony Stewart oh, that's was. that's perfect. He, yeah. he is the epitome of asshole in NASCAR. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so uh, tell us a little bit about you. So you were in the military. Uh, I know your husband is in the military as well. Yes, that's right. So I was in for seven years. Um, I commissioned out of um, going to officer candidate school. I graduated from Appalachian State with a useless degree, got promoted to being a third in what? In criminal justice. Okay. I, no- I wanted nothing to do with it. It was just a way to get done in four years because I switched my major about eight times. Okay, I had no clue what I right. wanted to do with my life. So I graduated in four years, became a third shift manager, working $8 an hour at McDonald's, realized that probably wasn't the best thing for me with student loan payments coming up in like six months or so. Sure, sure. So this the store owner's son, like fire guy, like so, so attractive, joined the Air Force and was like, hey, you can run really fast. Why don't you look at joining the military? They can pay your student loans. So right. no shit. I joined this MFR gets kicked out because he smoked weed during basic training. So it's just me being by myself. So you joined up with him? No. So I was initially going to join the Air Force, but they were so backlogged when it came to officer candidate school. I then went to the Navy, told them that I smoked weed in the past. They were like, "Uh, I don't know about that. So I said, "Uh, not so sure about being on a boat for the rest of my life. So then I didn't join the Navy. And then the army was the next best thing. And they're like, oh, we'll take you. You you go in three months. Let's do this. So then I just I just did it and commissioned and did that for seven years. Met my husband in Afghanistan. And we have three kids. And I got injured back in 2013 when I redeployed. I broke my pelvis, broke my hip, tore my labrum, and have degenerative hip disease. And so oh, I got med boarded out. Wow. And that was so so you that that was a, not to get too personal or anything, but that was it. Was that an accident that you had or? Yeah. So I was doing a run ruck uh, around the airfield one day. So basically a run ruck is just, you have your huge, basically a backpack with a bunch of weight in it. And I was trying to be a show off because I'm just that type of person and was doing a sprint workout with it, carrying like 55 to 60 pounds on my back, which was way too much for my body frame. And I just completely tore my hip doing it and and broke my entire like broke my pelvis on the other side like my right hip's the one that's messed up my left part of my pelvis is broken tried everything under the sun to try and get better minus surgery because the guarantee for surgery wasn't 
you know, 100%, you'd get better. You more than likely were going to stay the same or get worse. It's basically the same injury that Isaiah Thomas has okay. Whenever, okay. He, whenever he messed up his hip. So I didn't want to take that kind of risk. And I knew that my career was going to be negatively impacted because I wasn't going to get the jobs I wanted or needed to succeed. So I just went through the med board route and got med boarded. And my husband's in, he's crushing it. He is so good at the military and he only has five years left until retirement. So we're just hanging on right now, just Hell getting through yeah. the next five years. So he doesn't, you know, hopefully he doesn't fall apart. I hear that, man. Okay. That's, that was interesting. Uh, <laughs> I love uh, that the Army was your third choice, um, uh, taking America's best and brightest, um, <laughs> who, who, uh, who decide that the Air Force and the Navy aren't for them. Uh, I love yes, it. Yes, the service at its finest. <laughs> My dad was in the Army as well, so uh, he was drafted, though, for Vietnam, so kind of a different situation you know I wasn't a military brat or anything I, I grew up uh with him just shit talking the army the entire time madder than hell that he got sent uh overseas so if people that's aren't, if, yeah if people aren't shit talking the army if they were in the army then you want nothing to do with them because nobody likes being in the army it's all it's, it, it's fake it's fake news hashtag fake news nobody likes being it. in the army I love it all right. So, and you have uh, three children now, like you said, Lucy is one of them. Who else do you have? So I have Landry. He, he turns nine on the eighth and I have Remy who just turned three. I also have a stepdaughter. She lives in Virginia. She lives with her mom and she's almost 14. Okay, cool. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So let's move on to the entire reason we are doing this get to know your Lauer Rangers. And that is the Dan Lebitard show. Uh, do you remember when you started listening or kind of the moment that you got the show originally? Yeah. So to make a long story kind of short, um, I was a big Mike and Mike listener in the mornings and I would listen to 99.9, the fan in the afternoons with Adam Gold and Joe Ovis. Okay. And they kind of got the Lebitard show. Like they did kind of the uh, zippy in the juice kind of vibe um and Bamani's old producer Shannon used to work for them before he moved to Bamani so that's how I kind of found the show through them but I remember one day in 2015 I skipped out on uh physical training that morning because it was pouring rain and I turn on the knob expecting Mike and Mike and there's Dan and Stu talking and Dan's talking about just how Fat as faces, how his words are fat, his verbiage is fat, his writing's fat, and his sidekick, Sue, is the everyman who is very phlegmy and is probably dyslexic. And I'm like, what is going on? I have no, this is not Mike and Mike. This is not, you know, are the, are the Falcons for real kind of talk. Seriously. So I went home and turned it on and it was on fusion television at the time. And I was so confused, but I was so drawn into it to try to learn more. And so I just started slowly listening to the show and then they would do the club at the end and they'd have that shower curtain and they would pop out of the shower curtain. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on, but I want to keep watching it. And I was just, I was hooked from then on, but because of my job, I couldn't listen to it during the day. Cause I couldn't have my phone on me. So I'd have to try to catch up with like the best of podcasts when they, when they did it. And then finally, when I got out of the army, I was so happy because I did, I could just binge them all day. And that that's basically what I what I do is I watch them all day and semi neglect watching my children. <laughs> so essentially, you're saying because of that horrific injury you sustained, uh, you got a chance to listen to all four hours of the Dan Lebitard show every day. Yes, my loss is their gain. <laughs> uh, another another listener in the books. 
Uh, yet that that sounds like a lot of other people's story, which is uh, I thought I was tuning into something else and then was surprised as hell and then eventually pleasantly surprised as hell that this was not what I was expecting. And uh, it did it ruin sports talk for you in general like it does for for so many other people? Yeah, like I, I can't watch the pregame shows anymore. It's just all use hashtag useless sound montage. Like I can't do it anymore. And I used to just be all in on watching the Super Bowl coverage all day, watching every single like Fox NFL Sunday, switching back and forth between CB. I can't do it anymore. It's atrocious. My ears bleed. Got to keep the nose to the grindstone. I can't do it. <laughs> I was about to say, once you hear a couple of weeks of Billy's useless sound montage, that's all you can hear anymore you know what i mean like it, it's like it's like learning santa claus isn't real or something you know it's like that level of oh my god so many people are talking but nobody's actually saying anything of any substance whatsoever uh and once that kind of veil is lifted it's it's so hard to go back to it and uh god bless the people that can keep watching that stuff in addition to being dan levitard fans because i am not one of them whatsoever uh so okay uh what's been one of your favorite moments since you have started listening to the show in general uh could be something recent or maybe something before you know you've gone back and listened to that predates when you started actually listening to the show i mean my my all-time favorite segment i wish they would go back and do it as the sports whisperer like that was like so funny and he would just nail it with the here's what we're gonna do and it was perfect and it's just a sh it's just so sad that they haven't done it in such a long time. Just like the hot take diva. Yeah. Great. Great. Like Stu Goss is probably my fit, my favorite when it comes to playing bits on the show. Right. Cause he just nails it. Or even when he just messes up, he just embraces it. Like Stu, you like the Stu guts and seeing his gut and feeding his gut French fries and painting lipstick on it. It's just perfect. Those are, those are my favorite parts of the show. I'm trying to think of the last, sports whisperer i can think of and the first one that comes to mind was when he was whispering into the ear of jerry jones i think about extending dak prescott's contract maybe uh i think that was the last one i can recall him doing uh do you have a, a specific favorite sports whisperer that you can remember no i i they're they're just all great yeah, yeah but anytime i are. just catch like i would catch it and it would just be whispering i'm like oh my god i gotta pay attention now he he like does it hurts my throat to listen to him do those i wonder why they kind of stopped it if they just thought the bit was played out or if it really does damage stugatz's voice because i remember him barely i mean he can barely talk as it is uh then throw a sore throat on top of it it's very <laughs> i could imagine doing a uh, uh at the time a three-hour radio show was damn near impossible yeah, he needs to embrace the heater lifestyle more and then get on that ganja some more. Just, <laughs> just keep smoking and maybe he'll get back to it because his voice is already trashed. As it, is. it really is. It really is. He's got a great radio voice, but it, uh, man, he does not take care of it whatsoever. Most people that I have ever listened to talk about being on the radio for any extended period of time have talked about how much they do to take care of their voice. And I feel like Stugat's does literally everything in his power to do the opposite 
of take care of the thing that makes him money. And yet he still fails upward at every step of the way. That's a whole different aspect. I know that's a running joke on the show, but physically speaking, the guy is, is the antithesis of, of uh, you know, of, of taking care of himself. And it doesn't matter how bad his voice keeps getting, people are still going to keep tuning in because it's Stugatz and that's why people love him, right? Let's talk about the members of the show now. Who would be your favorite member of the Dan Lebetard show universe? I could probably guess who you're going to say, but... You know, I might be pleasantly surprised here. Who knows? Well, I hate to give away, you know, your my shocked face, but <laughs> it's uh, it, it's Billy. Yeah. I see a lot of myself in Billy and the fact that, you know, he helped out Lucy, except she's relapsed. So I'm probably going to have to reach out to Billy again to get another cameo. Yeah, let's, so, so let's talk about that for a second. So Lucy has relapsed back to basically only wanting to eat deli ham. Is that correct? That is, that is correct. And only Publix honey ham. That's Ooh. it. Just this thin slice honey ham, not anything else. And that's all she wants. Like we had prime rib tonight and it was awesome. What did she want? Ham and a cheese stick. Ham and a cheese stick is kind of a like, it's kind of a perfect meal though. I, honestly, like honey ham, I, I, honey ham is some of my favorite favorite uh not just meat but just like like snack to have meal to have uh i don't blame her her sodium levels are probably through the roof though <laughs> she's probably retaining water like crazy uh at least my old ass does when i eat too much uh too much deli ham but uh okay so so cheese you said cheese sticks as well like string cheese yeah just like the general like mozzarella little white colored cheese okay. that are like two dollars for a pack gotcha. of four okay so so you're going to have to order i bet billy would probably well i don't want to speak out of pocket you know i don't know uh what billy will and will not do but i, I bet he would be glad to send another message to lucy to get her back on back on track it's it's kind of hilarious that you're how old is lucy now she's five okay so she's fallen off the wagon at five years old when it comes to her her honey ham addiction. Usually we're talking about like much older individuals that are like, you know, maybe it's alcohol or, you know, drug use or something like that. We talk about falling off the wagon, but poor Lucy at five years old has fallen off. The, she's relapsed on honey ham and string cheese. So I think we need the fame got to her head, honestly. <laughs> She she said I can I can eat whatever I want now. Everybody knows my name. Yeah, we need to stage an intervention with Lucy. Um, and maybe maybe Lauer after hours can arrange that, or you know, maybe like you just went the first route, just buy another cameo from from Billy. Does she uh does she still call Billy her her friend? Oh yeah, she will yeah. play the show in the car and she'll be like, Oh, it's Billy. Oh. I want to tell him hi. Oh, that's so cute. That's so cute. And you were just on the parenting pod that we did with Billy as well. Did you, uh, how did she react to the news that you were going to get to Zoom with him? She could care less. <laughs> I brought her up here and be like, hey, Lucy, guess what? Billy is on mommy's tablet. The Billy who made you that really sweet video for your birthday as well. Decked out in a unicorn shirt. Had a had a sparkler, had dopey, went all out for you. And what do you do? Come in here with your little attitude. Mommy, give me my toy basket back because it's propping up your tablet. And then just left. 
Didn't wow. care. Wow. So she big timed Billy essentially. Oh, completely. Even Billy mentioned her name and I even played it for her. Didn't care. Unbelievable. If it's not, you know, if it's not, I guess if it's not a personal, you know, message, a personal video for Lucy, I mean, you know, I, I look, five-year-olds are busy. They've got a lot of stuff to do, a lot of ham to eat, a lot of string cheese to eat. Uh, time is precious at that age. So, you know, I, I don't blame her one bit is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm basically team Lucy is what I, what I'm trying to get across here. Yeah. A little bit of Stugats and everybody, even yeah. Lucy. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. She already, she already rode those coattails uh, uh, to, to stardom and fame. Okay. So Billy is your, uh, Billy was kind of a predictable response there. Who was your second favorite member of the Levitard show universe? My second would probably be Mike Ryan. I just love his attitude when it comes to everything. Like he's, he's not necessarily arrogant because he knows we do. He's so good at his job. Right. He's so good at getting the bits to where they need to go. And basically passing out to everybody what needs to be said and getting everybody on the right page and playing these bits like the dirty demon in a debate is awesome. And right. even death metal hockey guy, love me some death metal hockey guy. It's a shame that, you know, RIP, but and he's stuck with surfer dude far away from the microphone. He needs to bring back death metal hockey guy. And then he could maybe surpass Billy. I feel like dirty demon of debate and death metal hockey guy probably have are, are rarely seen for the same reasons that uh, uh, the sports whisperer are rarely seen is doing those voices has got to blow out your throat. Uh, I know I have tried to do death metal hockey guy a couple times on Lower after hour episodes and i just sound even more like dog shit than i usually do when we record these things it's very very hard but yeah his uh mike's comedic timing and his his ability to uh i mean the, he's the executive producer for a reason he became that that position at a very young age because dan clearly saw what we all you know have seen him do over the years which is completely nail the tone and the uh the you know just finding the funny and everything uh he, he's done an excellent job with it okay so mike ryan is your second favorite member of the dan lebatard show universe now to a more important question what is your first favorite color cobalt blue what is your second favorite color seafoam green cobalt blue and seafoam green okay I like that very yeah, uh, the, the, yeah we yeah we don't speak the duke blue word in our house no okay okay no, but very the, similar so, okay so similar so you but you don't say that that's because you're a Tar Heel fan or no everybody in my family is a Tar Heel fan except me and I've come to realize that I just don't want to you know you, you pick your battles sure. like I'm a I'm a JJ Reddick's fan like and I've, I've been a fangirl of his ever since the, you know, early mid 2000s, but I'm the only person in my entire family that that likes Duke. So I realized it's my place to never mention the, the D word in the house. OK, all right. So uh, you're going to join this podcast in hopes that you can uh, jump the line to JJ's podcast and become a regular on there, right? Oh, I die. I pass out and just die. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like rip if you out. got the, like, if it, you got the zoom with JJ would that would that oh, be I, the I end would, for you? I would have to probably do a line of cocaine <laughs> before. <laughs> Actually, 
Callie, you are incriminating yourself right now. You are you are sharing way too much, not because, you know, n- not I'm not offended by it, but this is a recording. This is a podcast. I don't want you to get in trouble in any way, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't have my top secret clearance anymore. It's all good. Okay. The secrets are safe, you know. Wait. Secrets are safe. They're good. Okay, you uh you bury the lead there. You had a top secret clearance? Yeah, I was an intelligence officer, so it was a requirement. I had a top secret security clearance, so I know who killed JFK. What? No. Okay. All right. On the on the count of three, reveal it, and then that's how we'll end the episode. Okay. One, two, three. Ted Cruz's dad. And that's been another edition of Get to Know Your Lower Rangers. Allie, thank you so much for spending this time with us. We really, really appreciate it. Say hello to Lucy for us and the rest of your family. And we will see you next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lower After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lower After Hours or Instagram at Lower After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.